mother, father, freaking flapper, hot dog, dog, Ghana, Herbie. I don't know that I can do this episode today. Seth, am I good? Am I clear on all those? PG, PG-13? You're flinging, flanging, right you are. Let's get right fling, flang, down, down to it. It's the Only Weird Games podcast. We've got an Only Weird Game boiling for you all right now. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. We've joked about it before, but sometimes the games are weird before they actually begin. And today was an only weird day. Chris Jones, we thought this might end up here as of the last time we spoke to you, although we didn't think we'd be here a month ago. Chris Jones will not play against the Detroit Lions. And Travis Kelsey might not either. And Travis Kelsey might shrug emoji either. We'll get into that over the course of today's edition of Only Weird Games right here on KC Sports Network. Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, and Nate Taylor are with you to uh, to guide you. I'm going to say I'm going to guide you through your emotions. Um, Nate's going to guide you through your emotions and through some information that he may have to share with all of us from being at the facility and being there for what seemed like a barn burner of an Andy Reid press conference today, Nate. And then Seth can help guide us through our emotions and through what the Chiefs may do without number 95 and perhaps without number 87. We are going to try to be a good, healthy... I'm going to try to be a good, healthy, constructive place for, for our dear listeners today because I know these are trying times. Also, like, this is a horrible energy to bring. Football starts for the Chiefs. Soon. We are. It, we can smell it. It's right around the corner. It's here. This week is Thursday night. And we don't know if the Chiefs' second or third best players will be there for it. Nate, what do we know? No, that's fair. Um, we know Chris Jones is not going to be there. Uh, there's been no update on his status in terms of where the holdout is right now. Although I know we'll get into some interesting details that I'm 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 eager to talk about um, with Travis Kelsey today. Uh, this is a rarity. I think we are trending towards a very similar situation. If people remember what it was like in the hours leading up to the AFC Championship game where on one of the last repetitions of that Friday practice, uh, I believe it was Jim Nance who said his he, he tweaked his back. His back locked up and he was whisked away. He didn't talk to reporters similar to today. And he started receiving medical treatment scans um, and of the like pretty quickly. So I think we're now in a game time you know, situation with Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, I'll be fascinated to see if he's even on the field in the lead up to kickoff Thursday night. If he's on the field, maybe two hours, three hours before kickoff, uh, the team will have to make its, you know, active roster decisions, you know, 90 minutes before kickoff. So we'll know by then. Um, but this is very similar to that. And unlike the AFC championship, Josh, you go from saying, okay, contractually, as reporters, I have to ask you, coach, have you talked to Chris? And contractually, you have to say no. <laughs> Before we even got there, um, Andy Reid comes right out, says, all right, Kelsey hyperstended his knee. Everybody else practiced. 
We're looking forward to the challenge of playing the Detroit Lions. Um, so which if you guys watch these things, you know, I had to be the one to ask. Uh, so status? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, that changes a lot of calculations. Uh, so I tried to get the, the news out as best I can. And then I got to be honest, guys, you know, I've been covering this team uh, in the locker room really since the 2018 season. I don't think I've ever seen a Friday. Usually that Friday practice, let me let me paint a picture. Usually that Friday practice before the first game, because the Chiefs have won all those games, is a really joyous experience because you've gotten through training camp, you've gotten through the preseason, you know the game plan, you've executed it in and out, and you're just like 48 hours, sometimes even less than that, uh, depending on when the schedule comes out, of playing the first game that matters, of saying... We're going to do some things that the ex-opponent does not know. And we're going to have some real advantages and we can we can be comfortable and confident going into the first game. So it's usually a really celebratory music, guys laughing, high fives, like it's it's like okay, the season's starting. Seth We couldn't find Noah Gray fast enough. <laughs> Or the Duke gear also couldn't find where is he sprinting now look I don't know if Noah Gray has ever had a type of press availability where (laughs) there are 20 people by my locker waiting for me to get dressed after showering after practice and that's where we were I mean Blake Bell came out and I wanted to explain I wanted to tell him something that had nothing to do with football. Just, hey, man, this thing happened at training camp. I just want to let you know. Tell your parents. Shout out to them. It was nice to meet them. I am so sorry, Blake. There are 15 reporters behind me. You got to run. <laughs> I mean, you know the game, right? But I'm just asking you, remember my name. Tell your mom and dad I said thank you. And here comes Ed Warder. Let me let me get out of the way. Let me get out of the way. And Ed Warder was like, "What did you see? What did you see? What did it happen? Did it happen? Is he alive?" Okay, he didn't say that. But you spoke to him. <laughs> you spoke to him. Where is he? Did it look so, structurally sound to you? Yeah. So like everybody on defense probably came off the practice field. Like, well, I guess. I guess there's nothing going on on this side. You know, we're just <laughs> missing our favorite best player. And, uh, yeah, the guy over there who, who talked yesterday about how excited he was to play, I don't know. I don't know. So we saw a coach after the locker room availability. It was clear that he had some conversation with, with Kelsey or at least the medical staff to understand what the MRI scans were. Uh, so that was interesting. That was a abnormal situation where you're like, Hey, coach, I've seen you three times now on the practice field at the podium and coming from some room that we do not have access to for obvious reasons. So it was wild. So I go from that scene to then making Seth even worse. So here's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. On Fridays, or as in this case of Tuesday, the team 
has a lovely thing where they have production meetings where they say, hey, you know, usually, usually they would ask for, you know, the three guys, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones. Let's have a chat. And so when you hear the three all pros on the team. Yeah. So when you hear Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth talk about, well, I tell you, I tell you, Mike, we talked to Patrick Mahomes. Like, that's what he, that's what, that's what happens. Like, they get in a room, they go through a litany of questions, um, and it's for the broadcast team. So it's different than all the other reporters who get, you know, our own sort of segmented time. Well, I noticed because there is no Chris Jones and because there is no Travis Kelsey that I can just have a nice chat with Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth, and about 20, maybe 15 other people of NBC. Seth, I looked at Chris Collinsworth right in the eye. You know what I asked him? What did you ask him? Chris, would you give him $30 million a year? <laughs> that you're going to ask if John Elway was good. That's right. I thought that was it. No. No, I wouldn't do that to one of his fellow brethren of his era. You know, they always protect their eras, and I get it, you know? I mean, look, I would even protect... Wow, this thing is really bouncing off the walls. But, like, shout out to Mort, man. I mean, yeah. Shout out to Mort and Susie Kohlberg, y'all. Y'all don't understand. I mean, just giants in the game. I'm going to protect the legacy I wasn't even a part of. Yep. <laughs> All right, Mort. No, very few people have done the job better. And I'm still upset about Susie Kohlberg. Still. Um, what's she doing? She we're doing gonna, anything? We're going to get him. We're going we're gonna to get back what, what they did to Susie Kohlberg. What they did to her. I mean, Colbert City Sports Network. Let's make it happen. Wait, hold on. Kansas Colbert Sports Network. There we go. Yeah. Get her on the phone, BJ. Um, Figure this out. One of those two. So, yeah. I'll we'll check Seth out. If we do only work no. Josh Briscoe, Nate Taylor, and Susie Colbert. Anyway, uh, both of them are, are awesome people, great at their jobs. They should get plenty of praise and acknowledgement. But, yeah, Seth, I asked, I asked Chris Collinsworth, should Chris Jones get $30 million? And it's on it's on live, I guess, YouTube right now where somebody <laughs> clipped this to Chris Jones because Chris Collinsworth said no. And I said, okay, all right, well, glad I asked. I mean, you know. I just... Well, I mean, is it is it is it $30 million or is it actually, if you're not using uh, Fugazi evil, terrible numbers, that that no one would use in their right mind except for evil other media that just take what agents say and just go along with it. Not like, uh, you know what? No, I'm just going to, not like pro football talk and Mike Florio, who are here as the noble and wearied soul protecting the coverage of the NFL. Just here to tell all of us that we're too stupid to understand math <laughs> because I'm wondering you always rip up the, the contract here. That's what happens. I have never been gaslit by someone I didn't know before. Actually, that's not true. That's what happens all the time on the internet. That happens all the time on the internet. But I've never seen someone in my day job. I'm trying to think of a time I've seen someone so boldly, I have had a defense attorney once tell me, hey, you need to watch the body cam. My client did not assault the, the officer. The officer assaulted my client. They turned on the body cam and I watched her client assault the officer. 
I did. I asked you, you said you shared this story with me before. I don't think you yeah. shared it with with and I like, was like what? <laughs> no, no, no. If you watch it, I slowed it down, and I was like, and I spent the rest of my day going from office to office, showing people this. Like, am I, am I crazy? And so I just wanted to correct you on that. It's not thirty million a year unless you use evil pretend numbers that the Katz brothers haven't approved. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not mention the Katz brothers. Neither of us did their job. I don't care. Like, whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't you think that. You know what? Look, okay, look, hold on, guys, 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 guys. My guys, move the mic away. Move the mic away. We. It, Audience, d- beloved listeners, we've changed some audio settings today to try to make it all easier to hear Nate's high high register. But Nate, you had a little more wiggle room right now in that hand, all right. just so you know. All right, look, 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 look. All I did was ask a, a grown man a grown man question, yeah. and I and I phrased it thirty million a year, real money. And Chris Collinsworth, who I values, I value his opinion immensely. Obviously tied to you know pro football focus. Does he know how NFL contracts work, though? Oh, he does. Because I have mm. a good authority that literally no one does. <laughs> Except for Mike Florey. I don't like being treated like I'm stupid. Go ahead. Okay, last episode I talked about how, or a couple episodes I talked about how Schefter put some sauce on it, and God, it was delicious, where we, where he said the holdout had no end in sight, of which I said week eight. <laughs> we literally done. So we go from that. We go from no end in sight sauce, which is delicious. I mean, as good as Gates Barbecue. To what in the white sauce is this nonsense? <laughs> um, we put in, we, what was it? We put on our journalism hats. And I was like. Journalism is zing, I believe. It was I, a like, weird word. No one says this. God. Like, hey, just, hey, just. Look, I actually found Florio's journalism hat. I could just. <laughs> I mean, For the audio only audience. That was that was Seth's wallet. Yeah, he put his wallet on his head. Um, so look, Tucker, Tucker, you got to be willing to interrupt this in the chat, by the way, because I feel like Nate is like a thousand times louder than Seth is right now. I'm and sorry. Part, of the, part it's okay. I just want you to. I want you to really work on that, like the background singer, like the you know, whenever you feel that register coming, you just okay, pull that mic away yeah. just a smidge. Yeah. All I'm all I'm trying to say is is that, um, I have no idea who NBC talked to today other than Patrick Mahomes. That's, right. okay, that's the situation that we're in. I have no idea who NBC talked to before the opening game of the season other than, well, I guess we could just talk to Patrick for 30 minutes instead of 10 <laughs> instead yeah. of instead of splitting it three ways. Um, I, I do get the sense, and I know I, I knew I, I know Seth is really interested about Sky Moore, and I, and I see his name coming up in the chat. I think it's very interesting. Um, Look, man, uh, they've obviously played before without Travis Kelsey, Um, but I do get the sense that today's practice and the aftermath of it was very very unusual. So um, I'm not saying we brought this upon you. Obviously, the name fits us. It fits the style of play that the team has. Yeah, I mean, Kadarius Toney's going to play. Yeah, what? But Travis Kelsey might not. I, I, I it's the weirdest. Line up. It's. It, can I just make a prediction here? Because like I think Ugh. I don't know. If we start with the Kelsey. Josh, you just grab the steering wheel from me whenever you want. Um, here's the deal. You don't replace Travis Kelsey because you can't. That that's not you. You can't run the same stuff 
minus Kelsey. That would be insane. Now, when you have a majestic white horse on a sandy beach, maybe you give it a shot. You say, hey, you're looking majestic out there. The beard's looking good. Maybe we'll you got a couple extra fruit snacks over on the sideline, right? Okay, here we go. We'll do. We'll see. Run a couple choice routes. See what it looks like. And and Noah Gray says choice. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Instead, what we're gonna do? What would be really funny to me? Because I genuinely I wrote about this that I don't know what the plan is at wide receiver for a different reason than I did earlier in the season. And maybe I've just been homerized by the NFL offseason. I think I probably have to at least some extent. <laughs> but now I'm like. I don't know how they're going to feed all these bowels, guys. <laughs> how are they going to get? How are they going to get Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore and Richie James and Justin Ross and Rasheed Rice and MBS all targets? How are they going to do it? And so I'm actually kind of at this point now where I'm like, if you're Andy Reid and you're like, you know what? We trust our 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 offensive line. We trust you know everyone that we have to hold up in pass protection. Let's line up four wide and run four verts about 300 times and see what happens. <laughs> well, Seth, I do want to know where you think this leaves the Chiefs offense. We, we have the report from just a little bit before the show went live. Schefter tweets out that, that they believe Travis Kelsey's ACL to be intact. Frankly, I don't I was not even going to say those big angry three letters because at no point did it sound quite that bad. Nate, you were the first one to have it out that Sky Moore said he saw him walk off the field. Yep. Um, so it, it seems like as things stand right now, it, it is a shorter term issue, at least for the start. He's almost 34, right? And nagging injuries from right before the season can nag, so that's not ideal. But but it, point being, doesn't seem like there's any fear of a catastrophic MRI coming back, but it does seem like he could very, very well miss this game in week one. And Seth, I want to know what you think the offense is going to look like right after this timeout. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, there you go. I gave you time to think about it and everything, Seth. If Travis Kelsey's not out there in week one, what, how, how fundamentally do things change? And where, where do you actually start to look as you realize that you may have pivoted from yeah, you know, looking at this as a buffet of pass catching options. At any point, do those options ever feel like they have sat out a little too long? You know, every buffet has its strong points and its weak points. I don't go to Pizza Ranch for the pasta, right? Sure. Now, you know, I don't go to Pizza Hut for the pasta either. I go to Pizza Hut. When I go to Pizza Hut and I get the buffet, I eat my weight in breadsticks. And we all know that's what we all do. Everyone gets a plate full of breadsticks and then another plate for the sauce. People look at you and like there was a child behind you in line who wanted breadsticks. And he said, wow, that sounds tough for that child. I paid $9.99 for this buffet and I'm getting my money's worth. So here's, here's the thing. Sir, you just took breadsticks off of that child's plate. He hadn't sat down yet. He didn't have possession. I grew up with two older sisters, which doesn't sound savage, but it was. You've met my sisters. I'm not wrong. You ate it faster. You didn't eat. So just on a side note, Albert Bree just tweeted that Tejo, that all of Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey's ligaments are intact. Thank you, Lord. Those are knee accuracy. He didn't say the thank you, Lord. (laughs) Yeah. David Albert Bree is like, woo. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, the, the knee hyperextension has caused swelling based on timing, probably unlikely place Thursday, but that'll all come down to how fast the swelling goes down per sources. So basically, game time decision. Know, yeah, we all know. Yeah, game time decision. We all know Travis Kelsey got that dog in him. If he's able to play, he's going to play. But I, so here's what I would say. You, this is different than you would have expected. Suddenly, Jody Fortson's injury becomes a little more important here because you know who led the league in 13 personnel snaps last year? The Kansas City Chiefs, you know, who was right up there near the top of the league in 12 personnel snaps last year? The Kansas City Chiefs. It's a lot easier to run 12 personnel when you've got guys you can you can you can sub in and out. And also when you've got an all-universe threat at receiver that forces teams to not play 13 personnel the way they would other teams. So that affects that whole plan there. I like Noah Gray. I think Noah Gray has the potential makings of a normal-ish starting tight end, right? Mm-hmm. But not Travis Kelsey, because there's nothing normal about him. So what I think you do, if you're the Chiefs, people talk about, well, lean on the run game, lean on their... Now, to be fair, the Detroit Lakes run defense stunk out loud last year. So maybe there's something to that. But here's the thing that I would say. You have two tackles that you think you trust a good amount. You've got the best interior offensive line in the league. The Lions pass rush, they've got a couple of good edge guys, mm-hmm. but it's not crazy. I genuinely, I'm not kidding when I say, hey, Pacheco, Jet, you guys feeling good about chipping and going on on routes? I say we run four wide and let's see what happens and let's see if they can stop it. Because let me tell you, that is not what Detroit has been preparing for, for the last, you know, several weeks. And so it's just, it's at least worth noting, hey, we wanted to see what we have with these young guys. Hey, uh, Justin, we're going to 
We're going to run you just by yourself. Not Watson, by the way. We're going to run you by yourself down the right side of the line. No one's helping you. He's going to throw it up to you. Let's see what happens. Sorry, Justin Watson. Yeah, what did, what did he side say? Running a decoy route. What did he <laughs> <laughs> Justin Watson's going to get 50 snaps, people. Just understand that that is going to happen. Let's see what Kadarius Tony can do. Let's see it. I think this is an opportunity for them where you run a little more of a like Chiefs from three years ago offense that's a little more built around the wide receivers than it is around the tight end group. That's what I would do if I were Andy. You pivot with it, see what happens. See if Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony can grab you 100 yards after the catch. See what happens. Um, that's what I would do because it's a strong pivot and you can't replace Kelsey. Um, my thing to look for on Thursday is the creative screen game oh, that yeah. can at least make the Lions think about it for a second, you know, especially on, even on third and longs, the Chiefs have a plethora of, of screen passes where the defensive ends who usually would pin their ears back have to at least account for um, you know, a screen game being a little bit more unorthodox than what you would normally see from another offense. So I, I would put that into mind. And uh, yeah, they still have Kadarius Tony, Richie James, Sky Moore, and I think those are the three guys who can run orbit motion, jet sweep type plays and get the ball in their hands in space on the outside as, as quickly as you can. So, um, there's ways around it. You know, I don't the, the the cool thing about Thursday, Josh, is we don't know exactly how Isaiah Pacheco is going to look because we have all of one snap in the preseason. And we do not know how uh, Jameer Gibbs will look because we have no tape of him in an NFL game. So who's ever running back can be most effective might actually unlike, you know, the analytical, pass-happy, modern-era football, like, whose running back is better might sway sway the game more than you normally would see on, a, on an average NFL game. And we could, we could expand that phrasing to the running game, and then all of a sudden nobody has to be mad at anybody because running games can matter, you know? Uh, but those specific backs, I, I can't remember if I said this on the last on the last episode here, but, like, I, I wonder, I'm really curious about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's workload in this game because it is all of one preseason snap for Isaiah Pacheco and because Jarek McKinnon is on that be-here-in-December sort of plan. Um, and they didn't keep either of the other guys on the active roster, Prince and P. Ryan, both right. practice squads. So um, I, I have been just sort of um, trying to emotionally prepare people for, for plenty of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in this game, at least in terms of the snaps he takes, which if you want to talk about a running back who knows how the offense looks with and without Travis Kelsey and with all of those roles on the table, it makes sense for him to be involved there too. Like this, I almost said this with a straight face, but this game's going to have to get weird for the Chiefs offense because it hasn't been not weird since I, I somebody tweeted the stat line and it's hilarious. I'll go grab it real quick. Of of Travis Kelsey, the last time that, that uh, the Chiefs played without him was a COVID game against the yep. Steelers. Um, Mahomes' stat line without Travis Kelsey in that game. Shout out to uh, Daniel Salib on Twitter. The Chiefs beat the Steelers 36-10. Mahomes was 23 for 30 with 258 passing yards and three touchdowns. The leading receivers that game were Byron Pringle and Derek Gore. 
I I think Mahomes could probably just field um, eight offensive linemen, John Baldwin and Tony Moyaki, and and go for two fifty and three. Um, although when I tweeted that out earlier, I gave them twelve men on the field, so that wouldn't have actually worked. But <laughs> no linemen, it would actually help. Twelve men would help. Okay, but, what? Hold on, really quick. If in addition to this, uh, I know this is an audio, you know, audio medium mostly. Now we are adding the the visual element to it. I I gotta give I gotta give Josh some praise because I I had to bookmark it. I had to bookmark it for this episode. It's it's what you tweeted three hours ago. When did I tweet? I dude, I forget things so fast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been I'm letting it rip again recently. It felt good. Felt good out of the hand. It's 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 the really over over artifacted um like gangsta Bugs Bunny like old again a suit with like a long gun. Um, what what is the caption? Lord forgive me. It's time to go back to the old me. And a very like sort of Scarface looking <laughs> yes. Bugs Bunny, um, yeah. Because what I what I tweeted was that was that after Kelsey went down, that it's going to be Patrick Mahomes looking at his Texas Tech uniform in storage, like Frozone super suit. And then you know it's just going to be time to go back to the old me. I, we're going to see some gunslinging, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, it's I really I mean. This doesn't help the defensive coordinators. I, I don't do want to shoot out now. I mean, well, uh, we've seen what the Chiefs defense. Just, just a quick thing. Well, I know we're Ross might actually here. have like one twenty and two touchdowns. You're saying that the Lions defense was bad last year. We'll see how they do this year. One thing I would just want Chiefs fans to remember: y'all remember what the Chiefs defense looked like in Week One last year? It was bad. It was bad. But it was and, the Cardinals, so it was confusing. It, yeah, it was. It wasn't great. It was bad early. They came on late, right? And then the year before against the Browns, so that was real bad. They just didn't look early in the season last year. Not just week one. That's not fair. Early in the season, the pass rush didn't look good. That was with Chris Jones. So give it a minute. Don't panic if it goes poorly. I just had to add that in there really quick. Also, I feel like I really wanted to reply to that meme with a meme from that movie nobody because there's a great line there it's like there's a part of me long laid dormant <laughs> and someone replied knowing exactly what I was, I was like oh man that pat mahomes versus lsu in 2017 is about to come out for 2016 yeah six when he played a team with like like nine future pros on nine what, and it was like <laughs> it was like one on 11 and it was it Incredible. He kept them in that game for like a full two and a half quarters. Yeah. And then LSU was like, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> come on. Stop it. The, but, and it would be fun to watch. The best part about all of this is um, not only is he at his athletic peak, you could argue, not only has he been in the system, you know, going on seven years now, um, but the man tends to thrive in adverse situations. And so it is very fascinating to me if Travis Kelsey doesn't play, if Chris Jones doesn't miraculously show up uh, or signs a contract that would give you optimism for obviously uh, his future beyond the season. We all just saw him play two very quality teams with essentially one leg. And let me remind everybody he was 
flawless in the second half of the Super Bowl against the top-ranked defense that was terrorizing quarterbacks all season. So my understanding is they were playing on ice, though. Wait, <laughs> complicated but 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 the but the the crazy thing to me is that like you would have thought with all the young guys with the coaching staff mostly remaining intact, and that's why they had Nagy for the seamless transition after the enemy. Yep. You you would think that like this would be arguably the best version of the Chiefs in the Mahomes era on Thursday night. Um, because even even the opening night in 2020 against the Texans, that was about, oh, that was confirming like Clyde is good and luxurious need is something. Yep. And oh, like this team's really good and you could already tell that they had an advantage over most teams because they brought most of the guys back. And based on the COVID restrictions, they had just they just had such a head start on everybody else that season. This year, it's supposed to be even better than that. But now it's like they're asking Patrick and a lot of guys who are either playing with him for the first time or playing with real expectations in year two of their careers yep. to 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 ride off the emotional wave of what Thursday night's going to be. And I think as we sort of preview this, it's really if you're a Chiefs fan and if you're going to Arrowhead, again, I've started calling it the most anticipated home opener in the franchise's entire history because you do get to celebrate it in a way that you could not in 2020. Uh they do have a really good chance even despite all of this. They still have a good chance to to repeat as champions and you're starting the NFL season with the best player in the sport in his prime. But based on all the circumstances, I think the fans are going to have to have a real impact on the lions offense in trying to emotionally lift this team that has gone through a much stranger training camp preseason and even opening week of practice than they really have had um, in like five years. I mean, since 2018, when you just did, you, you were, you were, I think the team was confident, but you have to see it with your own eyes. That was the fun part about the 2018 opener that I will never forget is that Patrick was nervous. You could tell he was nervous and you could tell that like everybody on, on the team, on the organization was like, we think we know, but we we kind of need to see it. And then he threw for four touchdowns and they won. And, you know, we all know uh, where the season ends. But this year, I think, I think the fans are going to have to play a, a massive role, similar to that week two game against the Chargers last year, uh, where the crowd noise and the tempo of the game and just the overall conditioning was a, was a big reason why the Chiefs beat the Chargers that night. Gonna be fascinating. I want to dig some more into the game itself, and and obviously not having Kelsey or Chris Jones will have lots of impacts. But I want to get a little more of the nitty gritty of uh, and Seth in just a second. I want you to tell us the good word from our good friends at DraftKings. But in the meantime, uh, I want to let everybody know about something fun that we're doing over at Sports Radio 810 WHB leading up to the kickoff. Our pregame coverage really starts at 6 a.m. tomorrow and then does not stop. Wow, it's true. Uh, because we'll have our usual slate of programming, but then we'll continue with Chiefs coverage all night long, taking you all the way up 
to the uh, the official kind of pregame kickoff once again with uh, Sarin and Curtis, Bo Richter, and the gang starting at 5 o'clock on Thursday on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll take you all the way up to kickoff there on your home for the NFL in Kansas City, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, and uh, Seth, why don't you tell us about a way that we can get it on the action? I think I can tell you a little something about that. I want to talk about our friends at DraftKings. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? Seven months. That's crazy, right? Well, it's a good thing that's over. The NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a canvas offer for week one. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. You've got $200 over here that you did absolutely nothing to earn, and then $5 on your part. DraftKings is hooking everyone up with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game. This September, check the app every single day this September. Check the app to see what you get. Download now. Use the code KCSN to sign up. Again, use the code KCSN to sign up. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks. That's lunch money. It's nothing. That's code KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. If you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for, available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility terms and con- terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting five bucks, people. You've earned that sip, Seth. And I want to ask you guys a, a big sort of um, metaphorical, I don't know. This is, this is a bit of a rhetorical question, but I am kind of curious about the answer. Because not to spoil like some actual predictions here in a second, but I think we all believe the Chiefs will still beat the Lions, or at least would pick the Chiefs to beat the Lions, even if we knew 100% for a fact, no Chris Jones, no Travis Kelsey. This got me thinking. How bad would it have to get? How bad would it have to get before you would pick against Patrick Mahomes and feel kind of good about it? Because... I, and I, if I make one stipulation, play along at home, play along in the comments, leave your answers. If you say, well, like, okay, the entire starting O-line, I'd be with you. But okay, we, we're, we're talking we're, we're talking about a different sport now. But if I say you could take the best player out of any position group, I don't know how far down the list you'd have to go. The Chiefs are missing their best defensive linemen. They're, it looks like they're going to be missing, in all likelihood, the uh, best tight end of all time and certainly the best of his own group. You could you could take Isaiah Pacheco wouldn't wouldn't change anything for me. Um, we were preparing for them to start the season without Kadarius Tony. I would have picked the Chiefs anyway. Um, you want to make it Donovan Smith? That's tough, but you know, uh, or, or Juwan Taylor. Whatever the more valuable spot is, they certainly paid Taylor more. But they've, they've got some depth at the tackle positions. Creed Humphrey that'd be bad, but Nick gallagher has been in the offense. He's pretty good. Do you, you see what I'm doing here? It. I start finding myself completely dissecting this this roster. And still going, well, yeah, but this team has Mahomes and still good players around him. It's it's an it's a really cool exercise to think about because 
in some ways you're you're actually ranking and prioritizing the guys on the roster, or at least the starters, mm-hmm. based on positional value and and obviously their versatility and what they can do. Um, I think Justin Reed needs to be higher on the list. Yeah, I, I ended up going just kind of through the opposite. Yeah. I wasn't really ranking them, but I think you yeah. think safety's an interesting one. I, I think that's I think that's I think that's one that, that jumps out because of Trent McDuffie's ability to play well on the outside and in the nickel. Um, he's another factor. Um, how many games? How many games did they lose because they didn't have Trent McDuffie last year? They won without Harrison Butker. Yes, but the schedule was is slightly different, obviously for sure. Last time than this time, and. For as much as we know, uh, on the other side, the Detroit Lions are a relatively healthy team, or a healthier team, I should say, than where the Chiefs are right now. Um, you know, basically, we're close to 48 hours before kickoff. Um, I, I get the sense that the Chiefs have the experience, um, and so does the coaching staff, have the experience mm-hmm. of what it means to play on this particular night, both as the row team when they played the Patriots in 17 and obviously hosting uh, the Texans in 20. Um, so there are three things that I think we as you know media members and fans should keep in mind. The first game is always tricky because it, it exposes your coaching staff more than it would in some other games because how, do you, how quickly do you adjust and how quickly do you find the other team's weaknesses and start to expose those when you've had six months of theorizing, but obviously you haven't played anybody and there really hasn't been any tape on on film. We know Steve Spagnuolo is going to blitz. I know uh, someone in the comments said it very well. Um, But yeah, they're going to blitz a lot. So the second thing is, can you blitz without getting, without giving up the, the big highlight plays, right? Um, because you want to, you want to risk with a little bit of the calculation still on your side. Right. Um, and so that's always a thing with the opener is like, we think we, we think we know their protection plan. We think we know we're going to make their rules difficult to cover this particular blitz, but can we not give it up on the backside if we don't get home in time? And then I think the third thing that people should be mindful of is, with the way the Chiefs offense operates, there is a level of crispness in these first games that, from a conditioning standpoint, is why they go to St. Joe. And even without Travis Kelsey, at least all those other guys have experienced it, and they should be in a they should be. Andy really likes to, you know, obviously I wrote about this in the Athletic, but Andy really likes to get guys to really max out and exert themselves in training camp so that the opening game isn't just jitters and conditioning and got to get fluids and don't cramp and like, you know, stay within yourself. Don't go beyond what you've obviously trained for or prepared for. So how does that advantage, does it play, you know, I, I think, I mean, there were times last year where they were going down the field, the Chiefs, and the Cardinals defense had their hands on their hips. It was the second quarter. <laughs> so does that, how much of a advantage is that? Or how much did the Detroit Lions, because we all know Dan Quinn comes from a very similar background. How much can the Lions sort of close that gap? 
comparable to most teams on opening day when they play the Chiefs. So if you're conditioning and you've gone through enough scenarios, that usually gives the Chiefs an advantage, and it's why they perform at a much crisper rate, particularly on offense, than you normally see from other teams on opening day who are still trying to figure out themselves, still have a lot of new players to sort of, again, find out their strengths, find out their weaknesses against real competition. Um, But those are the three things that I would keep in mind. In addition to what you're saying, Josh, which is you would still favor the Chiefs, and Vegas has still held that to be true. And I think that will still probably true if and when Travis Kelsey um, is inactive for Thursday's game. But they're going to need to come through this game healthy because obviously if you don't play Travis Kelsey, and I, I, don't, I know we didn't talk about this earlier, you do get 10 days of rest before yeah. you play the Jacksonville Jaguars in week two. Does that seem like where that's headed? Does that make the most sense to you right now? Real- I would um, because he's – I'm always – the more I've talked to trainers, coaches, uh, even veteran players, I'm always more inclined to be like, I'd much rather you be healthy in October, November, December, than trying to push it in, in September. You know, it's 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 a tough gamble. Uh, I know Dan Orlovsky said today on NFL Live that they shouldn't play him. Um, and that's somebody who's speaking from experience. And the tight end position is one of the hardest positions to play even if you are, you know, motioning and obviously running routes from the perimeter. So, you know, we know who Travis is, and Seth said it earlier, how much of a how much of a reliable, gritty, like just stabilizing force Travis Kelsey is, which he doesn't get enough credit for that. But in this case, given how soon the injury happened to game day and the amount of just, hey, we only have two days of treatments and rest and letting the swelling go down versus 12 days it seems like you should it seems like you should be cautious and not aggressive Seth if you want to add anything on the offense you're you're more than welcome to but I do really want you to unpack a little more about what's going to happen when the Lions offense is on the field because you've already written uh, as you alluded to earlier written that piece up in the chief in the north newsletter mnchiefsfan.substack.com you can get all Seth's written work up there and uh, I just think they got to try to find somebody to put on Chris Jones's jersey and pretend to be Chris Jones. Seth, that's that's really what I'm assuming going into your story. No, I refuse to be baited, sir. I don't. When that was a friendly one. That was just that was just like a here's a bad take, so you squish it and make me look stupid. I was trying to help. I will squish it, but I like you too much. To... Squish me, Seth. <laughs> squish me. All right. Before we do that, I just want to say one thing on the offense, please. We talked about it a little bit. I think it makes sense to utilize Noah Gray in more of a traditional tight end role. Probably not going to see hardly any 13 um, and, and probably a lot less 12. Um, so it makes sense to me to run out the wide receivers more. I am curious if some of the snaps that Kelsey would normally get, and you got to remember, it's not it's not a body type for body type thing. Uh, Kelsey is trusted, whether he's lined up at the slot or on the perimeter or on in line, to adjust his routes according to what the defense shows. And most guys can't do that. Um, you know, they might trust Sky Moore a lot more in year two to do that. They trust MBS because he's a veteran. Uh, but that, that's just hard to do. Not everyone can do it. The only thing, and I just want you to think about how funny this would be. If they really do set things up, you know, they run a lot more, you know, four wide, whatever, right? And one of the guys, whether it's Tony or Moore or Ross 
or Rice or Richie James or whatever. Can you imagine the angst of the NFL world if like Richie James goes off for a buck 75 and two touchdowns and everyone's like, oh, so this is just how it is. Like, this is just <laughs> like how it's going to be. There's no hope in sight. That would be very fun for me. I always, I've talked about this before. I am here for the the X.com reactions live <laughs> when the Chiefs do things that are just like, like when Tony had that puff return in the Super Bowl and everyone's like, how? How did this happen? How did no one take a vote on this? I want to see, I want to see Justin Ross catch like a couple of 60 yard touchdowns or just something stupid, you know, moss a couple of guys in the end zone just to watch the angst when people realize this is never going to stop. It's never going to end. So that that's the, on the offense, I'm here for that. On defense, here, here's, 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 if I, so I wrote about what to do to try to account for the absence of Chris Jones on the Chief North newsletter. And the first thing I wrote is don't try to replace Chris Jones. And here's the deal. The usual stuff you run on third down won't be successful. You can't count on Jones blowing up four to five plays and just ending them outright. Can't count on that. Can't count on Jones drawing protection slides all game and leaving the other interior defender one-on-one. Can't count on his wins forcing the quarterback to move elsewhere and help the complimentary pass rush. Mm. Accept that. If you are Steve Spagnuolo and he's a smart guy, he will. He, you have to accept that. Can't throw Treshawn Wharton, who I really like, into Chris Jones' spot and run the same stuff. You have to accept that. One thing I'd like to see them do, and I'm just curious about this, you know, we talk about Steve Spagnuolo blitzing. The Lions were very successful against the Blitz last year. They are very well coached, a really well-designed offense. So for me, I would say if you're blitzing, run zone blitzes. Still rush four, but try to show, like, kind of like, basically go back and rewatch the entire first half of the divisional round in which Steve Spagnuolo put Trevor Lawrence in a torture chamber. And Doug Pearson's a great coach, so they they adjusted to it, but it was fun to watch. I would love to see them utilize, you know, more zone blitzes, try to make him show, hey, Jared Goff, we know that you are a, a really good plug-and-play quarterback when everything's going right. What about if that's actually cover six over there? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> change things up. And the other thing, I would love to see them utilize some with the big bodies that they have on the interior right now. I would like to see them lean into it on first and second down and say, you know what? We're going to line up a couple of bigger guys. We're going to play the run strong. Kind of similar to what they did at times against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Very different run game, but also multiple and varied. And I wrote about this. Try to get them to third down. Say, you know what? We are going to trust our guys in the back end because the Lions have one really, really good receiver. And then some guys that are decent. They're mostly schemed open. Trust your guys in the back end. Be strong against the run, which this does not sound like a 2023 game plan. <laughs> and yeah. the reason... And if people are saying, oh, well, I mean, it just doesn't make sense to do the Super Bowl game plan because the Eagles still put up a ton of points. That's because Jalen Hurts made 8-12 to 12 big boy throws under pressure into tight coverage. That's not Jared Goff. That is not who he is. That's never been who he is. Now, if he's got a clean pocket, the man can slay it. But he is not a third and long guy repeatedly. And if you can be smart and disciplined and get to third and six plus repeatedly, even if you've got to sacrifice a few big plays to do that, I think you're in a position there 
to get some of those three and outs, to get some of those ended drives, and just say, hey, can you do what Jalen Hurts did in the Super Bowl over and over? Because generally speaking, Goff has not been able to do that unless it was schemed open. Um, and so that's why, honestly, like the aggressive game plan I like. I love their zone pressures. I love those looks. I love when they blitz Snead and McDuffie and Justin Reed. But I would be careful about it because a really well-coached team in week one is going to be ready for some of those things. Mm-hmm. And so I would force them to beat you on third down because I don't know if Jared Goff can do it. And I don't know if the Chiefs can get to him without there being some help. It's something Nate mentioned just a second ago, too, in terms of, all right, so let's let let's say, Seth, that that plan is is followed accordingly. And you're right, it doesn't sound like a very 2023 game plan, but hey, advice may vary based on the ingredients involved. And having Chris Jones changes the way you can plan for, for, for teams. But if you do end up in that position and you're running some Derek Naughty, Keandre Coburn <laughs> first down sort of defensive lines and you're, you're rotating Mike Dana inside with Tershawn Wharton and um, maybe you've got FAU and, and uh, Carl Loftus being your edges and passing downs and third downs, right? How are you making sure that you're generating pressure because so far, Seth, what you've told me is that we're we're more than likely talking about a, a four-man defensive line. Those guys are going to go toward the quarterback. It's going to be at least five guys in the white jerseys trying to stop those four, and there's no Chris Jones to even out the math. So does Spags have an incredibly exotic blitz plan? Is there a a chance that you would you admit some losses? And and how can he get creative without just trying to play the blitzing game? Because that that does eventually come back to bite you, even for Spags. Light him up. Keep <laughs> lighting them up. Dude, you're trying to give him the Jordan Love treatment from, yeah. from a couple years ago. Light it again. <laughs> and he will, too. He like, will. They could give up three 70-yard touchdowns on three straight possessions, and Spags is like, run it back, boys. Let's let's try. Almost got him. Time. We almost got him. I would say one. Do I do I do I need to say the down and distance? Do I need to? Do I need to? Because guys, they were with the number one seat on the line. They were, they were, they were in range, and they said, "Let's push them further out of range on third and twenty-seven. Light him up." Light him up, third twenty-seven in game eight. <laughs> I have, I have one. It's not a new thing, but one thing the Chiefs' defensive line has going for it, even with Jones out and with Charles Amenahu out, that makes it hurt way more. Um, because yeah. otherwise you'd plug Amenahu into that three-tech rushing spot, and you'd still have a dude on the inside, just not the dude on the inside. But one thing that they have going for them is in like Dana and George Karloftis, they have a couple of guys, and Tershawn Wharton as well, that they might not be guys that win consistently one-on-one, and we'll see how Dana and Karloftis have developed another year to Joe Cullen, et cetera. But you've got guys that execute stunts very well, and they've shown that. Can you run some games up front, knowing that when those games don't work out, that's the problem with stunts, right? Because you're not trying to beat the offensive lineman in front of you, so if they switch off appropriately nothing happens and the quarterback stands in the pocket for like eight seconds and it looks really, really bad. But when it does work, that's where you end up with guys that you're like, how did they get there? And and that's, they've got guys that can execute that. They've got guys that can line up inside and outside and, and, and move them around a little bit and cause some chaos up front. 
I think that's the best thing you do against a really good offensive line in the Detroit Lions. You kind of hope you can get them to some bus. Um, it's called Nick Bolton and Willie Gay just hovering around the A gaps. Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> gonna be just, looking like a similar defense. Like, <laughs> hey, you want to call us some protections? Before I, uh, before I, before I, you know, I'm coming. I mean, I'm going, you know, I'm kind of, I'm just here in the A gap. Just, you know, just, and hey, there's my friend Willie in the other A gap. I'm just, just knocking on the door of the A gap. Ding dong. Hello. You want to, you want to, look, we're here so that Felix gets a one on one on the edge. Yep. You know, that's, that's, that's why we're here. We're in the A gap. And look, if you want to run the ball, that's fine. But guess where we are? We're in the A gap. <laughs> so if you want to, if you want to pitch that thing, I would highly suggest you do that. Because where am I? I'm in the A gap. I'm in that gap. <laughs> get in zone! Get out! You know, like, so it's, it's going to be. never try to make Nate fix his camera angles because the best no. visual comedy this show gets is when Nate gets leads up to his mic and then half of his head is out of the camera frame. Get in that get in that A gap. Get in that A gap. So I think I'm getting the A gap with us. You get it? Get in that A gap. You guys in the A gap? Get it. Are you in it? Are you in it? If we don't give you a screenshot every episode of Only Weird Games, I feel like we failed you. You're good, man. Don't, Seth, no, no, no. Scoot back from the camera again, bro. No, no, scoot back. You don't don't look don't look so hard. It's fine, man. It's no, it's fine. We can I got a guy. We're gonna we're gonna clean that up for you. Don't worry about it, man. Yeah, no, I'm fine. Seth, that's my Seth right just, side or my left? Seth just realized that his hairline's Perfect. playing uh prevent defense Perfect. and <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> He doesn't even know which side it is. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Oh man. So should we? Should we? Now I want to. Re- I want to recommend everybody here. Seth, Seth, your your hair right now is forming a great pocket. <laughs> Those tackles have got depth. <laughs> this is not cool. I am being bullied online. My parents told me about this when the internet first came out. And no. said, look, look, I just want to recommend everybody to go listen to the lab. Um, because yeah. a real it, podcast about proper football. Well, I just want to, I just want to acknowledge the fellas, you know, Matt can't, uh, it, it, it's mostly Matt was kid. Craig, okay, was Craig not around? Craig was, mo- no, Craig was around. Craig was mostly, he was reasonable. It was Matt, <laughs> it was Matt and Kent who I, who I enjoyed listening to this morning. Um, Try to make sense of it. So, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something. When, you, in, when you're when you're done, I have a I have charts and numbers. And I'm oh man, hey, nice. real quick, just uh, real. I'll, I'm, you guys have your plans. I'm just gonna tell. Hey, Tucker, I thought we were gonna get this one done in an hour. I was wrong. My bad, dude. Just two uh, minutes. Just two minutes. No, no, you guys take your time. We also have to like predict the game and stuff. But I think this is important. Sure, I think most people probably know where the predictions are heading. But with 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 Chris, I just want to remind people. The question now is, do you think he can get $30 million guaranteed in 2024 and 2025? Because as a lot of people have reported, and I can confirm as well, the Chiefs have basically offered Chris Jones money that he can touch if he just comes to work tomorrow. So let me just remind most of the American public, if you were Chris Jones, 
you could walk into the Chiefs facility and you could sign a contract tomorrow for essentially $27 million guaranteed next year and the year after that. That's a lot of money. I don't know if another team who will have to give up draft picks because the Chiefs will franchise him regardless of how this season ends so that it will prevent him from reagency. Will, can you, either they know something or they are taking a risk that I would highly advise them not to. Because obviously the more games you miss, the more the, the franchise tag number comes down. We've talked about that. They before. being Jones's side in this case, right? Correct. Um, every agent will tell you, I, I do this all the time. The majority of agents will tell you if you can sign a contract that's guaranteed that is money you can touch, just go ask Kirk Cousins, guys, who we all fell in love with this summer. The Vikings gave him money that he knew he was going to touch and it was never going to not be touched. The Chiefs are giving Chris Jones essentially a two-year deal where he can touch every dollar which was kind of shocking to me because Clark Hunt does not have a track record of doing that very often, which is why... It's like fully guaranteed money, right? Fully guaranteed yes. you are going to touch it. So can you... Can anybody tell me the team right now, today, that if Chris Jones gets to the franchise tag, can convince another team to give up multiple draft picks and upon his arrival, guarantee that he's going to get $30 million in 2024 and 2025. That has been the Chris Jones update. I don't know what the answer is, but I think it's leaning in one direction. And so the conversation on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday next week really needs to be about, are you sure you want to pass up on this amount of money that is fully guaranteed versus you might not get that amount of fully guaranteed over the next two years if you are franchise tagged and you are moved for draft picks. So in my field, um, when when you're a defense attorney and you've got someone who is charged with a serious crime, you've got a right to a jury trial. Of course, you got to make the state prove it beyond a reasonable doubt. Um, but one, and then what happens is, I as the prosecutor, I make what's called a plea offer. Right? Hey, if you plead to this, here's what I will offer, and it's always more lenient than what you might get. Right? And what you might if you're, get, if you're convicted, yes. Yeah, if you're convicted. Yeah. So what you might get if you go to jury trial and lose, is your exposure. This is what your exposure is. It's, you know, hey, the prosecutor's offering, yeah, you know, you'll have to sit 60 days local time and be on probation for five years with all this blah, 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 blah. But what your exposure is, is three years in prison or whatever, right? You know, in a various case by case, I'm throwing up random numbers. Here's the, the question that I'm trying to figure out here is who is talking to Chris Jones about his exposure? Because, so, 
uh, people can't see it. I've written this down here based on what we've re- what we've seen, quote unquote, reported. The difference between the Chiefs and Jones is about eleven million dollars, give or take. Now that's a lot of money, obviously. But then you start to do the math on the other side of things, and so I've tried to view all this in a manner, looking at the numbers in a way most favorable to what Jones's or his agent's argument might be. The difference being approximately $11 million between the two sides. So he's holding out to try to get $11 million extra dollars. Fair enough. That's your money, man. That's your I, w- I, would, I would say a victory is if he gets nine of that, of that yeah. 11. Yeah, if you get nine of that, absolutely, 100%. I think nine is much closer when I look at the numbers I was trying to... Yeah, I mean, it's the best projection you could offer, right? Yep, so here's the deal. Camp, $2.2 million. Workout bonus, $0.5 million. That's gone. That is gone, and it's never coming back because you can't forgive fines with the non-rookie. If he sits out seven games, it's about $7.6 million that's gone and never getting back, and you almost make reaching your sack bonus, that's another $1.2 million, impossible because of missing that amount of time. So that, and then... By doing that, and we talked about this last week, you affect the franchise tag to where the franchise tag number goes down about $9 million-ish, give or take, which puts you at $20.5 million of exposure. And so, and again, people can choose to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. But to me, the fact that you are risking $20.5 million of exposure, and that's leaving out what the lower salary cap does to your ability to negotiate next year. Correct. Because it kills your ability to negotiate next year because any team that trades for you is going to start with that lower salary cap number. Correct. Not with the threat of the big number, which is what he was able to start with with the Chiefs this year. Correct. He's in a weaker position because he's a year older and he's Mm -hmm. on a lower franchise tag number. Yep. It it messes with him. And so some of the giant Promethean boards. Can't, so can we get some stuff up here? And so his exposure, there's a $9.5 million difference in his exposure compared to what he's looking to get. And that's if you don't even account the lack of likelihood that you will get that because what he's asking for is for the Chiefs to do contracts differently than they've done it for every, anyone else. They've Would done you? that one time in history. They treated contracts differently. And you know who that was? Patrick Mahomes. And they still, the first couple of years, added to it. Still, yes, they, they added, added to it. Yes. They didn't tear it up. You can say they did because it's technically a new contract, but the money on those last two years of Mahomes' deal was the same. If they didn't do it for Mahomes, they're not going to do it for So you, you had to know that going in. You had, you to. had to know that going in. And so this is where my frustration is, and this is why... This last week, like I could see this as the last stand. I'll sit out a game. You'll see, and see if the team cracks. And I'm and I'm I'm pretty confident as of right now that is very unlikely to happen. Right, and because the Lions put up forty, why would it change the Chiefs' offer? Right, exactly. This offer's not about twenty twenty three anyway. It's it's really not. And that's the thing. I I get it. I guess as a negotiation tactic, is it what I would advise? No. Because that's just, and I understand. Well, what if he gets, what if he gets hurt? That's why you sign this deal that guarantees you money that you will actually touch upon signature to paper. Because Correct. you can, you can, you can roll your ankle walking down the street, man. And so right now you've got this one year guaranteed. You've got there's an old expression: the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. That's very true in my field. 
like when you advise, I mean, I used to advise people about this all the time. You've got a guaranteed thing here. That is much more valuable than your hypothetical non-guaranteed thing. And that's where I think the frustration for me brews in that I could understand the fiscal sense in sitting out camp, even preseason. It's stacked up. You're negotiating hard. I get that. Anything after week one is a, is a, is a, is a, is a, is, is, uh, it's, it's just, it's on, it's unconscionable, even though you are probably consciously making that decision. It's fiscally irresponsible. And you can't say it's because you're trying to make money anymore because now you have, you are actively hurting future use bargaining position and almost ensuring that you will lose money on this because you are never going to make 10 million extra guaranteed. Actually, it'd be 20, really, because you're not going to get that imaginary money. That imaginary money goes bye bye, and now you cost yourself 20 million. So you're never going to make that money up. So it's a fa- it's fascinating that um, I'm going to give a, a nice shout out to, to Ronell Goodwin, who um, in the chat says, you know, what he is basically saying is he wants to be traded. He just hasn't said it yet. And I do understand that, which leads me to my last point. In negotiations, most of the time, you're supposed to stay silent. But to have further clarity, I would actually want to hear what Chris Jones has to say. I would actually perhaps maybe advise him to talk to somebody. Doesn't necessarily have to be me or like one of the, I think that would be a responsible choice. Actually. Hey, Chris Jones, you should talk to Nate. I think it would be. I, I just, I just want to hear it from the player. The the yeah. player I think has a responsibility. Um, or I would suggest he has a responsibility to, to really, get his message out because we've heard from Veach. We know the agents are trying the best that they can, but the agents, as I always say, work for the client. So the client has the ability to, to, to speak. Uh, even if he is under contract, it, look, I hate, I, this is my, this is my least favorite old man to be, but he has been like posting on Instagram. And if you're really worried about this contract getting done, a cigar in a pool while the rest of your team is practicing or getting ready to practice. It's, not, it's not a great look. It's not uh, a great look. I, uh, I seriously, would, I would like to be the last person to be that guy. But in the right. negotiation thing, it's a, it's a bad look. It's a bad look. And again, um, if there's confusion amongst most people that I respect and as Seth eloquently explained the financial ramifications of it, what what do you want? Because the thing that I said, even early in the training camp is you might get the guaranteed money. And I would actually advise you to go get the guaranteed money that is either similar or more than what Quentin Williams got. 100%. Go get your money. It's all as much money as you get. And as much or, guaranteed money as you get. Or, or if you want to get to that $30 million threshold, you have to understand that you are going to have to sacrifice some of the guaranteed money in order to do that which is sometimes what the agents might tell the client. We're confident enough that you're going to get to that money because you are so dominant, because you are so important to the team. So if you want to get to the $30 million threshold, you're going to have to sacrifice somewhere. You can't get $30 million annually and also get it fully guaranteed. What incentive is that for the, for the football team? 
who's trying to manage a salary cap that we all know is going to get bigger. But if you set that precedent, there's a reason why they don't want to set that precedent. So you have to give something to get something. My position, as I understand it from talking to a number of people, is you actually want to get more guaranteed money than what Quentin Williams got. And you want to see how close to that guaranteed money you can get to Aaron Donald, considering that you guys are the A1 and, you know, 1A and 1B at this point. You know, and it really is a preference at this case because, of course, Chris is younger than Aaron Donald, but he's older than Quentin Williams. But you've accomplished more than Quentin Williams, which means you should probably get more guaranteed money than Quentin Williams. So if the Chiefs have offered you a contract that suggests it's fully guaranteed, which means you actually are for the next two years getting more guaranteed money than Quentin Williams. I would love to know what what does Chris want? And if. Ronell is right. He wants to be traded. That he needs to come out and say that, right? Because and that's where a, an agent like Rosenhaus would come in handy. And we talked about that last week. That it was done with kind of a minimal amount of of angst. Um, and I, I don't think he wants to be. I I think this- he's never said he's wanted to be traded. So again, if you do want to be traded, that is a change of tune, and you probably need to say that versus yeah. a legitimate offer looking appealing for the reasons it normally looks appealing to just about everybody else. And the question I would ask you guys, who on the roster outside of Patrick Mahomes would say no to this deal? No, no, I mean, it's J- Mahomes. It's the only, Mahomes is the only Travis, if you offered laugh this, at it. If you offered the same extension to Travis Kelsey, he would sign it probably. Yeah, absolutely. He would be, he would be in favor of it if the team just did the same thing for him. And that was something that another agent told me is like, who on the roster is not taking this deal other than Chris and Patrick Mahomes? Because obviously quarterbacks contracts are differently structured than everybody else on the roster. And everybody else understands that because it is the sport's most important position. So, so I don't know if anybody in the comments can give me a a better idea. Maybe you could say somebody on a rookie contract. Sure. I'd understand that. I think that's probably the fair answer, but if you can guarantee that the money I'm going to touch for the next two years is of that high, and it's fully guaranteed. You might you might say, "Hey, we'll get the free agency at twenty six, and we'll have more money than we had otherwise under normal circumstances." So, again, if he wants to be traded, if he doesn't want to play for the Chiefs anymore, which he's never said before, then um, he has a, he has the opportunity to say that or to make it no. Yes, right. Just and we're so far. We are so far over. I'm so sorry. I I lit I lit the Cats brothers on fire last episode. It's fine. I just need to get a, I we just need to get a Lions prediction out there. That's my last agenda item. That's so uh, sorry, Tucker. Thir- Chiefs thirty one, Lions twenty seven, and I hope that's it's in what the, I was gonna say. I hope it's number in the forties. Number. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, okay. And that was just me in two seconds thinking. I'm gonna it. change my answer. Because uh, I also know where the Vegas line is, and it's very spicy, kids. Very spicy. If it's thirty one, twenty seven. Give your give your uh, your additional thought there, Seth. I just, Everyone can Venmo Tucker at. I, hold on, let me go find his Venmo. I have a I have a I have a feeling about the offense in this game, even without Kelsey. Um, and so I'm gonna say, hold on. She's 41. Well, 33. Did you say 31-24, Nate? Is that was that what you locked in? 31-27. Wow, I thought I was gonna move it to 27 and then be different. 
bleep it. I was gonna. Say, I wish I would have written down thirty-one twenty-seven earlier when I was thinking about it. I gotta just held up the paper. It would have been like a close-up magic trick. Um, that's that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Also, I wanted to get your actual thought there, Seth. You can you can still give your final thought. Don't let Tucker bully you. <laughs> the one thing for me with throughout this entire holdout, I try really hard because a lot of fans, not a lot, but kind of a vocal minority, maybe will like immediately turn on players the moment that they hold out or they want a new contract. And you hear a lot about, well, you signed a contract, honor it. But no one ever says that the teams, when they cut guys still under contract, like this is, it is the freely negotiated CBA negotiated way. These negotiations work. I don't care if anyone does that. I'm players play short careers that take a toll on their bodies, make, make all the money in the world. Yes. But that's how I justify yes. this stuff. That's why I say it's their career. It's a business. Holding out past this point, past week one, based on the no based, based on based on the CBA, based not on the CBA. not the old CBA, but the yep. CBA we live in today. Yes, and so I would just say, holding out past week one in the current CBA with the current way everything works, the exact scenario here for Chris Jones no longer makes financial sense, and that's where I can't say like, no, nah, it's just a business decision. At that point, it becomes about something else. And all the stuff people always accuse players of, oh, they're being prideful, they're being this, they're being that. I don't know. I don't know these people. And it's not it's not fair to speculate on that. But what you can say, numbers are numbers. We say that all the time, Detroit Aikman and John Elway. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I got Nate to take off the end. At the end of the day, numbers are numbers. And it doesn't make any sense from a business perspective for Jones to sit out any longer than week one. You took your shot. You negotiated as hard as humanly possible. After that, then it becomes a nonsensical business decision. And that leaves fans open to speculate all they want about pride or stubbornness or whatever else. And that's, I just really hope it doesn't go down. that way. I, I would also tell Chris right now, Joey Bosa is coming off a rookie contract. So by nature, he's going to earn more than you. And he's younger. And he's, yep, and he's and a defensive end. And he's a forgive his fines. And, it, and, and it's a, he's a more productive player. So Bosa helps you because, again, it, it sets another, as I said this last week, or last episode, it sets another pinpoint in the overall pass rushing structure. But he he is he is 90% likely to get more money than, than, than you are. So you should understand that as well. And... um negotiate as best you can i mean it's you know it's it's we're not we're not trying to like i don't i don't want to attack anybody in this i just i just understand that like it just it's 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 hard to it's again it's it's one of the rare cases where i actually want the the athlete to to speak because i think they deserve the right to do that i agree and we don't and we don't we just don't have enough we don't have enough context from chris based on either what he said in the past that is different from now or just how he's trying to do the best for himself um, and the way his representation has gone about it. Like, I just, I just don't know. Um, and I think the chiefs to some degree are a little bit perplexed and that is odd to say, but it's, it's, I, I, I'm pretty confident the chiefs to some degree are perplexed by all this, even though they've been negotiating with him since around June. Since after the draft, and when they realized he wasn't going to be at mandatory minicamp, so June, July, August, we're 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 basically the, we're almost four months into like real negotiations. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Only Perplexing Negotiations. Uh, I'm Joshua Briscoe. It's been uh, now that that is, I think, putting a bow on it for now. And we do all like the Chiefs to 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 squeeze past the Lions with varying degrees of you. You've heard us talk about the big big movers on both sides, the the best defensive player and the best offensive court, offensive player who's not the quarterback. Both probably gone for this game. So yeah, it will be a weird one. That much is evident. We will be back on Friday around 4.30. We're saying officially this show. Canonically, this show starts at 4.35. Yeah, it's just when the show actually starts. We're going to try to be here. It's just, you know, time management and all of that. It's never been our strong suit. It but Andy, we got better at it, so we can too. Yeah, it doesn't help when there's a holdout and a guy got hurt. <laughs> it doesn't help. It's the and first game of the season. It's, you know, it's just a, it's a, that, that it's a busy, hectic time. So we're going to try to make it up to you. By doing this episode as our look ahead, we'll be back on Friday, and then after that, we'll go back to Monday, Thursday, Monday, Thursday, um, just as we uh, as we go throughout the rest of the season and, and try to find our schedule, even as the Chiefs' schedule is also appropriately weird. Um, you can read Seth's work. Are you going to write a Kelsey uh, offense without Kelsey piece by Thursday, Seth? I think I'll probably write it. It'll probably go live Thursday morning, give people just a bunch of things to nervously read about. That sounds fantastic. So you can do that right now with this Chris Jones piece and the uh, Travis Kelsey piece upcoming on the Chief of the North newsletter, mnchiefsfan.substack.com. You can keep reading Nate's work on theathletic.com. Nate, I don't even want to tease what you said you were thinking you might write about because we were texting about it uh, yesterday or this morning and just some things have changed. So I don't, do you know what people can look for or is it going to be, hey, the the post-game story Thursday night, Friday morning? Yeah, I'll obviously write about the game on Thursday night uh, for Friday morning. There, there might be something. I, I'm pretty confident that there might be something, hopefully interesting on Thursday morning. That that I don't think people can anticipate. Uh, in Seth and I, do Seth and I know that this one's in the fire, or is this? I don't think you guys know this one's in the fire. So I've I've tried my best to, uh, you know, normally we uh, try to do a big feature before the season starts at the Athletic. You know, you can start to see some of them roll out already with other teams. Uh, so yeah, so this will be this will be the preview, and uh, I believe it's set to go Thursday. Um, it was a joy to work on, and it's probably not what you expect. How Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey will lead the Chiefs to back-to-back championships. I can, Nate, I can't wait. <laughs> the headline, I can see the headline right now. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. So that'll be uh, up in the Athletic. The newsletter will get uh, a fresh Kelsey piece on Thursday, and uh, I'll be on 810 for uh, for post. We got pregame coverage rolling all the way through, and can I, new can I, can I, uh, new weird games. Can I, can I drunk call you? Please, I would love that. If you could be our last caller. Josh, it's his ass, Nate. I don't know why Andy Reid doesn't go for it on fourth and one. I just, I, can he just run the quarterback speak? I mean, come on. All right, we're going 20 and 0. I'm calling it. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. 
But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.